Fentanyl. It could be hiding anywhere, including in your house, including in your medicine cabinet, or maybe at a friend's house where you're hanging out, playing games, and you get offered a pill. Don't take chances. If a drug didn't come from a pharmacy directly to you, you can find fentanyl by using a simple strip you can pick up at your local pharmacy. Don't take it until you test it, because fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Brought to you by the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Mental Disabilities. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Warning. Wake up, sleepers. Wake up, woke generation. This is a fact check. Everything you're about to hear are facts, truths, and no exceptions. Everything you know, everything that you've been taught, will be swept away. This is what they don't want you to know. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Let's have some space here, our space, some intelligent conversation as always. Let's converse with each other. Let us have the thoughts that we have so that we can communicate, so that we can share our ideas, and so we can be able to express these to somebody new, right? Um, let's talk about Mormon for a little bit and compare that to our time. Because I think that one of the passages, one of the books that gets overlooked quite a bit by most people is 4th Nephi. Very important book, by the way, because 4th Nephi is super abridged. We're talking a season of hundreds of years. It spans a, you know, from from 35 AD all the way to 321 AD. That's almost 300 years in one page, by the way. That's right. Fourth Nephi occupies one page in the Book of Mormon, and yet it occupies a significant amount of time. Why would we even skip that long? Why would we be jumping 300 years of time? Doesn't make sense to put it anywhere. We might as well just throw that part out. Why would Mormon or even Joseph Smith waste their time translating this or including this in the plates of Nephi and in the abridgment of the Book of Mormon? Remember, the Book of Mormon was written for our times because we have Mormon around the time of the 300, 321, 320 A.D., Mormon comes into the scene. He's a 10-year-old boy, um, speaks to the prophet, is given the plates by the time that he's in his 20s, 24, I believe it was, either 21 or 24, given the plates, and now is in control of the sacred records. Now, if you understand this, Mormon then is is commanded to write 
and continue riding in the plates of Nephi, which are the plates of gold. He is not riding for his people. His people at this point are going to become or are already a very wicked people, but are going to become even more of a wicked people, going to become uh, people so vicious, so voracious that they are destroying each other, eating each other. It's just horrible cannibalism and everything else included. And so Mormon is not writing these things so that he can give sermons to his people. Neither is he using the plates to give to his people. At that time, they're using their own scriptures, scriptures like the brass plates and such. But they are certainly not reading from the Words of Mormon and specifically not from 4th Nephi, where we are abridging now a 300-year period. No, most likely they are reading the fuller account of some of Nephi's plates and some other documents and whatnot that they use as scriptures at this time. Whatever the compilation may be, it's not the Book of Mormon as we know it today. That's written for our time. So, how do we know this? Because Mormon is not merely telling us that he's in control of the plates, but he is also telling us that he is writing an abridgment of these records for us and then sealing them up, giving them to his son, and etc., etc. When is this all taking place? Well, this is taking place in the 300s after Christ. This is taking place AD 321. Mormon has not even begun to write by then. All the way to 385 and so forth when the history or the civilization of the Nephites is becoming extinct, being destroyed. And so none of these things are compiled yet, but they're getting compiled by Mormon. And so we look at this and we say, well, why did Mormon include 4th Nephi at all in his writings? It's one page. It's 300 years of span history. It's completely opposite to 1st Nephi, where chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters are all dedicated to a few years the time that Lehi left Jerusalem and such and his travelings in the wilderness and by the time they get to the promised land, etc. My goodness, a whole huge chunk, in fact three books at the beginning of the Book of Mormon are all dedicated to basically one generation. So we would say, wow, why? what is the cause for this abridgment? Well, think about that for a moment. Because if we are to see the Book of Mormon as a mirror, as a reflection of our time, then we are to see that what Mormon is trying to do here is to give us a reflection of what's happening now to us, a mirror of what happened then. And with his prophetic vision of the future, what's going to happen, all he can do is squeeze in for us, squeeze in. A period of about 300 years into one page. Why? Why would he do that? Well, because he wants to explain to us that this whole thing here 
everything that's happened in 300 years here is happening to you guys in a shorter period of time. So you have to look at this as an abridged, many, many centuries in time, all abridged to our own modern day time, where it's not many centuries, but maybe just a few decades. So if you're looking at a 300 year span of time in 4th Nephi, you're looking at a mirror reflection of 30 years, 35 tops of what is happening now. And this is what I mean by it. Let's take a look at what Mormon is going through in this 4th Nephi chapter 1. First of all, the first part of 4th Nephi talks about how everybody had everything in common and there were no more ites involved at all. Now, this can be comparable already to what happened. But what's important here is if we skip a little bit. Let's skip a little bit to our time, our modern time. Because what I want to compare to is what's happening now. So I can understand, well, look at these current events. What are we facing? Starting in verse 14, we begin to see a pattern emerges. We begin to see that as it came to pass that the people were all fine, right? They were all fine and everything's going good. All the people in the land have everything in common and they begin to see many mighty miracles wrought among them. They're prosperous. There's no contention. Let me read that verse for you. And it came to pass that there was no contention among all the people in the land, but there were mighty miracles wrought among the disciples of Jesus. Warning, wake up sleepers, wake up woke generation. This is a fact check. Everything you're about to hear are facts, truths, and no exceptions. Everything you know, everything that you've been taught will be swept away. This is what they don't want you to know. 